Welcome to the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman, unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Ian interviews some of the brightest minds who share proven methods to help you achieve success and grow revenue with integrity. Every episode concludes with a quick recap of actionable steps you can take to deliver tangible, immediate results for your business. Now, here's your host, Ian Altman. Hey, it's Ian Altman. On this episode of the Grow My Revenue Business Cast, I'm speaking with Jamie Tardy, the host of the really popular Eventual Millionaire program. She's interviewed over 200 millionaire entrepreneurs. So here's some of the things that I asked Jamie. I asked her about how successful people see roadblocks compared to everybody else. I asked her the single greatest trait that successful entrepreneurs have in common. And of course, I wanted her to share success stories of people that she's worked with who went from generating hundreds of dollars a month to generating tens of thousands of dollars a month almost overnight. Jamie's just had so much experience interviewing people that I'm sure we're going to learn a ton. So let's jump into our discussion with Jamie Tardy. Jamie Tardy, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me, Ian. I really appreciate it. Awesome. You know what? It's great to have you here. I know I was on your show, oh, it's got to be a year and a half ago or a little over a year on Eventual Millionaire. It was a blast. So hopefully we'll have as much fun here today. <laughs> better better be. This is pressure for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. I'm under the gun. Now, I shared your business background with our listeners. What else should they know about you? That I, I adore martial arts and UFC. Is that weird? No. <laughs> That's not weird. <laughs> no. Uh, I have two kids. A lot of people don't even know that about me. I don't talk about it on my site at all. You actually met them in person I when I met you in person. And uh, yeah, a lot of people don't realize they're six and eight. And uh, yeah, it's one of those things where it does definitely changes the way you do business in general. Yeah. And, and you know what? I will tell you because it's something as a parent you have a tough time saying, but they are adorable. Aww. <laughs> they, were, they, were, they, were, they were a lot of fun to meet. And uh, where were I? I think it was, was it San Antonio. Austin or San Antonio? Yeah, San Antonio. San Antonio. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so now you've interviewed over 200 millionaire entrepreneurs and, and getting a sense of what makes them tick. What's the most surprising thing that you've discovered? That it's all cliche? No. So the thing is, is that it kind of is. So I, I, I interviewed the first 10 and I was like so giddy and excited. And I remember telling my mentor and I'm like, they all kind of say the same thing. <laughs> and it's not anything hugely revolutionary. It's not like, oh my gosh, this one tactic that I did changed everything. It's really this continual progression. And it's unsexy and nobody wants to hear that, right? But yep. in general, it's this continuous forward motion. Keep taking shots at the goal over and over and over again. And that's what really works. And while it wasn't mind-blowing because, yeah, of course, I mean, duh, uh, it's w way different to see it implemented and put into practice. Yep. And and it's funny because what, what, what you talk about there is that, so you've got continual progression. I think it's funny that you say, well, it's kind of cliche. But I, I one of the things that, that I gather when, when I'm listening to your shows, when I'm reading what you write, is how these amazingly successful people embrace so-called failures. Can you talk about that a little bit? 
Heck yeah. I mean, you've heard that before also. I'm sure everybody listening that has, but it, but listening to the stories, right? One of the things that's really difficult with interview shows just in general is we talk about success, right? They've already achieved success and we have, you know, 20 or 30 minutes to go over, oh, and this is how amazing my story was, right? So you do talk about the, the lows and the highs, but you talk, you glance over them all, right? You're like, oh, <laughs> that was really bad, but you can't really see what it's, like, right? So, I mean, and I work with millionaires and so in their businesses (laughs) and being able to see like the ups and the downs and the way that things go. I mean, failure is just a part of it. And most of them won't actually call it failure. They'll call it learning or they'll be like, oh, different, you know, tactic, different approach. There's a thousand shots that you have to take. And, and seriously, like a couple of them will actually hit. And you don't see any of that. And that's the hard thing. I love interview shows and I love doing my interviews, but it's really one of those things where you don't see the behind the scenes of them slogging it through every single day, adding up and adding up and failing and adding up and failing, (laughs) probably failing more uh, than, than success, but we see them as successful now. So it just makes sense that everything went well, but that's not usually the case in any way. They had to grow as people. And failure is one of those huge ways to grow personally, personal development-wise, to pick yourself back up and to keep moving forward no matter what. I mean, and really, that's where the work is. I mean, that's why I say continuous forward motion makes such a big difference because most people, once they fail, a few, even a few times, they give up. And they're like, well, this isn't cut out for me. It's, it's, a, it's an old adage of, yeah, they were, over, they were an overnight success after 10 years of failure. Exactly. And it's so easy to say. It's way different to like hear them slogging through like this every day sucks, you know? Oh, yeah. And and I think that it's something that because I'll get that with people. They say, oh, you know, gee, you speak on some of these biggest stages and all that. It's like, yeah, but when I started this business, I didn't speak on those stages. Mm-hmm. When I started those, when I started this business, I was happy to attend those events. And there was no thought of me speaking at them. It was just like, wow, they, they actually let me attend. This is cool. And eventually, it's okay, you can speak on this stage in this in this small room that's part of this conference, and pretty soon you're doing the keynote of the major events. But it it's that notion of, look, I know I can get to that end point. And it sounds like in the, in the interviews that I listen to that, like you said, they don't see those incremental temporary um, temporary bumps in the road as failures. They just see them as roadblocks they have to get around. Yeah. Well, it's funny. We were just talking about this before the show. I'm like, well, of course you're going to be successful, Ian. You've been speaking in front of people forever, whereas most people that start a podcast don't have a wealth of experience and knowledge in advance when they decide to start it, right? So you get to see all their bumps. So maybe their podcast isn't as good <laughs> because you get to actually see the bumps. Instead of you, you've refined, refined a lot of those, especially in the speaking space. So of course you're going to come off like, oh, well, I do know what I'm doing. Oh, wait, I bumped myself a thousand times before I got here. Yeah, well, it's, you know, and occasionally at high speed, I crash into a wall. But, you know, that's <laughs> that's a whole other thing. And it's mostly fun. just saying, okay, did anybody die? No. All right, then we can move on. Let's keep going. And um, and I think you know picking yourself back up after after those um, after those challenges. Um, are there a few common shared traits that you do see in those successful people? I mean, you said that the most surprising thing was kind of that it's almost all cliche, but I imagine there are, there are some traits. And I know you write about them that 
at least kind of rise to the top and seem to be common across those most successful people. Definitely. One of the ones that I think is critical, again, cliche, but but critical. I mean, out, out of 200 millionaire interviews, this word is the word that comes up more often than pretty much anyone. Like, it's kind of crazy. It's the word focus, which you yep. wouldn't think is that, <laughs> you know, that big of a deal. But the thing is, is, is most people that are entrepreneurial have a little bit of ADD, right? Most of them will be like, yep, self-identified, even if, you know, <laughs> doctors didn't say it. Just because we're opportunists and we look around and we see opportunities everywhere and it's hard to turn that off. But being successful means taking all those shots on one goal, right? So if we're using that as an analogy, imagine you had 700 goals and you made one shot on each one. Well, that's not helpful if you're trying to get to a very specific point in one specific goal. And so what you really need to be paying attention to is that soul focus. What is that one thing that you're looking for right now that, yes, doing all these things will definitely start adding up to that one direction? Because otherwise, we're just sort of walking around in circles. And don't get me wrong. I mean, there's a lot of walking around in circles as you're trying to figure out that focus and that path that you need to do too, right? Um, so trying to push forward towards one specific goal. I mean, when I ask serial entrepreneurs, people that multi-million dollar businesses over and over and over again, and I'm like, ooh, this is, you know, they've done it more than once. I love that, <laughs> right? That means something to me. Um, it's not just like a one-hit wonder or they were riding a trend. So the people that have done it many, many times say that having that sole focus and focusing on one company and making that extremely successful no matter what, like digging your heels in, making it successful no matter what, and then starting another company. So most yeah. of them weren't like, oh, let's build three companies right now because you're splitting your focus so much. One of the millionaires I interviewed, I don't know if you know him or not. His name is Nathan Laka from Heyo. And I, I saw, he's great. He's like 23 though and has like an eight yeah. figure business. It's kind of annoying. <laughs> I love him. Uh, he's, he's coming out with a podcast soon too. And one of the things that when I saw him speak, after uh, he spoke at internet marketing party here in Austin, somebody came up and goes, I have a question for you. He's like, awesome. She goes, I have two products. The first product, and he goes, stop right there. I know the problem. And she, of course, <laughs> looked dumbfounded like, I don't know. I didn't ask my question. Uh, and he's like, your problem is you have two products. Right? He goes, so company A is just working on product A 100% of the time. Company B is working on product B 100% of the time. How much time can you dedicate to both of your products? And she's like, you know, 50%. <laughs> uh. So she like well, at, least she, at least she did the math right. I know, right? <laughs> but it was like she got punched in the gut. Like, yes, oh, that's not my question at all. But uh, like, I don't. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but that makes a huge difference. It's 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 funny you talk about this area of focus. One of the things that, as you know, in what I write about, a lot of what I tell people is: listen, figure out who you can help the most, mm. who you can have the greatest impact for, and. With without exception, focus on those individuals. And the typical answer I get is, yeah, but we could also kind of help these people and these people and those people. And I say, yeah, you could kind of help those people. Mm. But you, but the people you can really help are going to be glad you showed up. And the other ones are going to say, well, I guess it's kind of cool you could do this, but so can a lot of other people. And that's where organizations struggle is when they try to be 
everything to everybody instead of being the master of one very specific area. Yeah, it's all Kevin Kelly's a thousand true fans, right? If you have those people that utterly adore you because you can solve exactly what they need, that makes a huge difference comparatively. Yeah, we don't want a whole bunch of people that are like, eh, Jamie's kind of cool, Ian's kind of cool. I mean, you know, like you'd much rather have people being like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing, you've changed my life. Like that makes a huge impact difference. Oh yeah, it's and it it just it it underscores it once once you stand out that way, that's that becomes your differentiators because of your narrow focus. I, I had the pleasure of having Seth Godin on, and I know that uh, you've you've interviewed Seth as well. And of course, by the way, one of the questions I asked him is a question that um, that a lot of people must be thinking, which is where do you come up with all this stuff? <laughs> because it's just, you know, it just always seems like a fire hose of knowledge that comes out of him. And we were talking about the idea of, of what he talks about in Purple Cow, and a lot of people think it's a gimmick. Oh, I'm going to come up with this little gimmick, and this little gimmick is going to help me stand out compared to other people. Mm. The reality is that's not what creates the Purple Cow. It's when someone says, wow, Jamie thinks a lot like I do, and people like us do these things that Jamie does. So now I feel like I'm part of her tribe because we think and act the same. And it could be specialization by industry niche, by problems that you solve, but it's rarely because – you know, you have a, uh, you know, a round stapler instead of everyone else's is linear. <laughs> Definitely. That's the thing that's so interesting about personality brands and stuff like that online. Um, just because when you, s- people find connection points, right? So you find all these connection points of things that you like or don't like. With Seth Godin, like some of the things he says, I feel like, oh my gosh, she's speaking just to me. And it's funny because I'll mention UFC or, or martial arts and I have some uber fans that are obsessed that I love that stuff, which is sure. so funny. It's not even on brand technically at all, but they're like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. Um, I mean, they, they I'm going to the podcast movement this uh, weekend, which is really exciting and fun with some utterly amazing people. Um, sure. And they call me the Ronda Rousey of podcasting. And it's so funny. That's not my shtick, <laughs> but <laughs> it's one of those things where people really, it sets you apart, especially because I'm a female, right? So it yep. sets you apart like crazy. And it is this little weird side purple cow <laughs> note <laughs> that everybody talks about, which is so weird. So people that have me on their podcast or something like that, they'll bring up that stuff. And I'll be like, wow, you actually pay attention. You are one of those people that <laughs> really pay attention to that stuff. That's very that cool. You know, my, my, my daughter is a secondary black belt in Taekwondo. So awesome. And then, and, and she achieved that when she was like, you know, 13 years old. Now she's 16 and says, nah, I don't want to do karate anymore. And we're like, oh, my goodness. Like, she was one of the youngest people to to earn a black belt in this area. Um, I believe she was the youngest to, to reach her second degree. And then, eh, whatever. Isn't that <laughs> like, funny? Because, you know why? Because she's 16 and there are boys. So, uh, I think <laughs> There's boys in karate? Come on. What the heck? <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know what? They're intimidated by the girl that knocks them down. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, I've had that happen before. <laughs> Now, now, Jamie, with with all with all this knowledge that you've amassed in interviewing these hundreds of millionaires, I know that you launched Millionaire Hustlers. Mm. And so, tell me a little bit about the challenge that that program addresses. And I'd love to hear some successes that have come from it 
uh, for some of the participants because I've seen some cool stuff on your site about it. Well, that's the funny thing. So I took all the things from the millionaires and from my work with clients, and I wanted to create a program that actually did that. Don't get me wrong. Digital products are fun and all this, but this is actually a live program where you talk to me every week. So it's not, no offense, but I, I've bought online products and I sometimes don't look at them at all, right? Like, ooh, that was a total waste of money. Uh, not that the product wasn't good if I did it, um, but what I found, especially with this big focus piece, is that most people have big goals, but their actions do not align with their goals, right? Yeah. So they'll be too busy and productivity wise and action wise to actually just doing other things. And then they'll look back and be like, how come I didn't achieve everything I wanted? So what we do in Millionaire Hustlers is we keep you a accountable. That's a huge piece too. Millionaires talk about that constantly, but we make you pick one goal, just one. Yep. Entrepreneurs hate this, right? I make them stop listening to input also. So no podcasts. I know. I have a podcast. It's not good. I say only if it aligns <laughs> with the actions that you're taking that week. So if you're working on a sales page, yeah, you can listen to a podcast or read an article about sales pages. But I just don't want you to constantly consume because we are creators, right? And we need to be out there taking active actions. And what I, I determine, this is in my book, I talk about active actions versus passive actions. And active actions are the ones that really actually align with your goal, right? And they get you out of your comfort zone a little bit. So it's yeah. the ones that actually make the difference, right? The 80-20 rule. What is that 20%? Well, these, the active actions are that 20%. And what's so funny is we don't pay, while we know the 80-20 rule, we don't pay that much attention <laughs> to it, right? Because we're the 20%. I know, right? Oh, that's all I'm ever doing. We're the the 80% not doing it. We go, wow, that 20%, I I wish I could be them. I wonder how that happens. Look, a squirrel. (laughs) And then then we're off on something else. I think that's what happens. So so I, so I, I, I get the notion of this is a, this is a live conversation. People are being held accountable. What, what are you seeing from the people who are taking this seriously and are immersing, immersing themselves into the program? Um, what sort of results are your coaching clients seeing? Mm. And, and, and keep in mind, we all know that there's a subset of people who won't do the work. They won't, as Seth says, ship Yes, it. no matter how many times I've called people out, no matter how many times I try and email them or slap them, some of them just don't show up. But the ones that do show up, and this is what I said to uh, them on Monday, we have a live webinar on Monday, I was like, you guys are still showing up. That means something, right? You're yeah. still asking your questions. Because not only is it just an account, like it's way more than just that. We talk about Business Foundation. There's a whole membership site with a whole bunch of information But one of the biggest um, pieces, and I'll take you through a couple testimonials to sort of highlight sort of some of those pieces, Uh, like Joey Kornman, who runs a site called School of Motion. Now, he's sort of our unicorn, right? We've had a lot of amazing, you know, crazy testimonials. But Joey, I mean, a lot of people are like, well... But listen, so he did... (laughs) He was making about 500 bucks a month when he came into Mm -hmm. Hustlers last September. And an affiliate stuff, he had about 3,000 people on his email list. Uh, The biggest thing was, is we're like, okay, you're making a little bit of money on affiliate stuff, but you don't have your own product. So we walked him through the beta process that I use in order to uh, create new products, right? Before... I mean, it's very similar to Seed Launch with uh, Jeff Walker, but it's figuring out what they want, giving it to them in a way that you haven't actually built it before. And he made 10 grand in two days. 
And he was like, oh my gosh, Tammy, I love you, right? But then it, it gets better. <laughs> so we had him on my pod, uh, on my mastermind group with Pat Flynn and, and those guys uh, because I, I was launching a mastermind product. And I was like, Joey, let's have you on. We'll show what the inner workings of a mastermind group looks like. And he came on and it's so funny. It's the same focus thing. He's like, okay, so my idea is to create a couple more courses, and we're like, no, 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 no. Sell the crap out of the course that you already have, right? Focus. Who knew? Yeah. The next month he made 50 grand. And the month yeah. after that he made 50 grand, right? And wow. he's made almost 200 and something thousand so far this year. And we're only halfway through the year. That's great. <laughs> Just from that. So that one key thing of, yeah, figuring out exactly product market fit, what your people want, and then selling the crap out of that by focusing is huge, right? Or like um, Kaylee. Kaylee had actually she was in the in the military. It was kind of funny. Uh, she was making six hundred dollars a month at the beginning of Hustlers, yep. and and we we require you have to have a business. You can't be brand new. Like you have to have a business doing between you know a thousand bucks and and uh, ten thousand. I mean these people were actually kind of funny because they were only making a couple hundred, which is kind of normal, uh, uh, not yep. normal coming in. But Kaylee was making about six hundred bucks a month, and within six weeks she was making ten thousand dollars a month by changing her product market fit on her avatar. And I know this is super unsexy and stuff like that. We're talking about avatars. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 I know. But her avatar couldn't afford her. And she was trying to sell to people that couldn't afford her. And she ended up shifting and getting some big-name clients. And she's amazing in the military. She, I mean, leader to the nth degree. Uh, so I remember she asked me, she's like, well, what do I do now? I hit my goal in six weeks. And she's like, what? And I go, quit your day job. And she's like, I'm in the military. I have to be in here for two more years. And I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to tell you. So then her it's, goal became 20000 a month. Yeah, make day. a bigger goal. I know. So she's like, 20000 a month without having to do work in the business. I'm like, that's a great goal, too. <laughs> yeah. But it's so funny how fast. Um, because the thing is, is that it, it, when you look at businesses in general, when they're really focused on the stuff that really makes a difference, your mindset stuff starts coming up at that point where you're like, oh, I don't know. And then you look at your actions and you're not actually taking the actions you need to be taking. But because you told someone that you were going to take them, all that stuff starts to come up. So the people that are like gung-ho and pushing through um, are the ones that are really seeing success. Sure. Sure. It's, it's, it's funny because I remember when, when I was launching this podcast, people said, oh, well, you know, so, so how much money do you make from a podcast? I said, it really doesn't work that way. <laughs> <laughs> it really doesn't work that way. This is something that will will hopefully create a lot of value for a community. And this is like planting seeds yeah. for something that you know wasn't going to grow for a couple of years. See, I'm so glad you said that because that's the thing that's so interesting. A lot of people, because I helped um, John Lee Dumas with Entrepreneur on Fire, people come to me all the time and they're like, oh, I started a podcast, quit my job. And I'm like, that's like putting ads in the newspaper and going, I'm going to put ads in the newspaper. I want to quit my job. <laughs> Exactly. Right? It's a marketing tactic, right? Like it's marketing. Don't get me wrong. It will help you build an audience and that um, alone could help. But if you don't have a business model, that's not helpful. Thankfully, and you already have a business model. It makes a lot of sense <laughs> for you to have a podcast, right? But a lot of people that don't come to it and just think that that's going to bring you a whole bunch of money. And that's not the way business works. I mean, you know that you're like, oh, I'm going to put in a couple years. And that's the thing. Don't get me wrong. I adore podcasting. I think it's utterly amazing, right? Uh, 
And, <laughs> and it takes a while to really build that up. Like I was just chatting with Pat Flynn the other day and he was saying that the people that listen to the podcast are just way more engaged. It doesn't necessarily sure. bring that many more people, but it really helps them know, like, and trust you. And that's what you need in business. Uh, it's, it's interesting. We, we, we went like kicking and screaming into the um, audible or audio version of Same Side Selling. And I'm like, oh, does it really matter? And now I got all these emails from people are like, oh, yeah, I listened to it um, this week, driving back and forth to the office. And I'm like, doofus, it took us a year to, to put out the Audible version. And in the first month, the Audible version outsold the Kindle version. I'm like, Are really? you kidding me? Man. You know, it's really, really remarkable. Um, and you know what? I mean, we had fun with it in that Jack and I insisted that we record it. And so it's kind of like a conversation. One of the one of the reviews is, yeah, it was like it was like being in a consultation with the two authors. And for us, we were just having fun with it. So there were there's things that we added in the audible version that aren't in the printed version, uh-huh. just because we'd all of a sudden go off on a rant because we were in the same room recording it and just said, yeah, this is keep going. <laughs> we just like so there'd be three examples in the book, and then in the audible version there are seven examples because we just keep going back and forth. So it's uh, it's kind of fun. See, I love that. Funny thing is, is I have not done my audio either, which is so silly. I just negotiated my rights back from uh, yep. my publisher because they wanted to publish it and then they dragged their feet. So I finally, Chris Gilbo was like, get your audio rights back. Because the thing is, everybody that listens to my show, I mean – they're audio people, oh, yeah. right? Duh, of course, this makes sense. Uh, and I still don't have one yet. So yeah, and I'm not smart in that either. It's just taken a long time to get the, the rights back. But people want to consume content the way they want to consume it. So exactly. I was just telling you before, only about 20% of the people watch the video because it's talking heads, don't get me wrong. Sure. Like I'm not, ooh, they just want to stare at my face, you know? Uh, <laughs> nobody does. But being able to know what your audience likes and the way that they consume content is hugely important. Yeah, absolutely. And and it's all about delivering it in the way that they want it. And I think you hit that the nail on the head. So last couple of questions for you. First, what's the greatest lesson that you ever learned from a business challenge that you personally experienced? Ooh. Um I mean, there's a thousand business <laughs> challenges. I mean, you know what's funny? I bring this up a a lot uh in general. And when you're in business, just in general you will want to quit. Like there's everybody, everybody that I talk to, even if they don't want to admit it publicly, (laughs) right? There's just days when you just want to throw your hands up and be like, never mind, I'm done. And that's something that I wish we talked about a little more. It is getting a little bit better, especially with podcasts and stuff like that. But seriously, especially at the beginning, I mean, I remember reading Seth Godin's The Dip and going, what do I do? Do, Am I really doing that? (laughs) Like, is this really working out for me? Because, you know, especially in the first few years, my, um, my experience was I was offline business coach before I ever went online. Right. I had a mentor. Um, I was pounding the pavement doing that. And then when I decided to leave, it's because I wanted to go online and he's like, well, I can't pay you to learn that stuff. And I was like, well, I want to learn it anyway. And I might as well learn it on my own. So I left taking one of my clients just because they wouldn't, they wouldn't switch. They, they wanted me no matter what. Um, and then I built this thing that, I mean, it took a while and I don't think people realize how long it does take the expectations. Uh, and don't get me wrong. Like when I say success stories and stuff like that, it's hard for people to be like, Oh, well I can't start a business and make a million dollars in a year. It's like, ah, 
it's possible. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I've interviewed people that do that. Um, but a lot of the times they've had business experience prior, just so you know, right? And so some of those things you don't realize. So you'll get stuck and, and look at this point. And I mean, everybody recommends Seth Godin's The Dip. I highly recommend it. Super small book. Uh, but it's one of those things where you're like, oh, where am I right now? Like, what does this look like? And being able to try and diagnose your own uh, business problems and or have like a mentor or somebody that can help see you through it. I mean, I had my best friend um, who actually I should introduce you to. She's a sales recruiter. She owns her own company. Mm. She does great things. And I remember a, a year or two ago, she was like, uh, it's not going as fast as I want. She was growing like crazy, by the way. But she's like, yep. once a $50 million company. And so she's yep. like, it's not sure. as fast as I want. I'm like, are you kidding me? I know. Are you you kidding me? Uh, And I had her read the book and she was like, ah, that makes sense. Like this is working. I just, you know, I'm just going through a thing. And everybody does that. It's funny you say that. In my my prior business, when we grew the value of the company over a billion dollars, internally – all of our discussions were, man, are we stalled? And meanwhile, we had hit a level that that you know people dream of hitting, and you know all of a sudden we were at a value of two billion dollars, and um, and people looked around. and was like, well, okay, are we stalling? And we just you know you never kind of take it and appreciate it until you look back and say, wow, we really did something cool. Let me let me ask you finally, if you had one piece of advice to share with our listeners, what would that be? Ooh, so start every morning because Frank Frank McKinney calls us the lunch pail approach, right? You wake up every morning, you figure out the most important things. And what I care about, this is the biggest thing, I, I set my daily intentions every single day because this is the only time we have, right? We only have right now. There is no future. There is no past when you really look at it. There's, you know, it's, oh, oh tomorrow, wait a minute, yeah. that's now. Uh, you know, as soon as it comes up. And so what I try and do is enjoy as much as humanly possible, both the ups and the downs. I know in the downs, I learn so much. And while they're not necessarily fun to go through, it's part of it. It's all part of it. And so being able to just know that every day when you wake up, it is a brand new day. You can rechange your attitude. You know, you can do Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning and like jump out of bed. I'm not that. I, I definitely do uh, pieces of the Miracle Morning for sure, but I don't jump out of bed like he does, man. <laughs> but it's being able to have that attitude throughout the day of going, you know what? I want to feel really accomplished in myself and setting the expectations that you can actually do each day with the intentions that you have. And it's so funny when you, when I talk to all these millionaires, how enjoying the journey, and I know cliche, but enjoying what you're doing and do and making the decisions you're making, even if you're unsure, even if it feels awkward and weird, enjoying all those pieces of it as much as you can. Cause like, you know, you have a 16 year old daughter, kids grow up really fast. So does your business. <laughs> oh yeah. Absolutely. So, well, thanks so much for sharing all of your wisdom and knowledge with us. And, uh, you know, I I don't think there's anyone else that's had the experience interviewing as many successful people as you have. And to be able to to harness all that knowledge together and share it with people is really valuable. What's the best way? And obviously, I'm going to share all this in the show notes. But what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you and also to learn about your Millionaire Hustlers program? Awesome. If you go to eventualmillionaire.com, you can get the three habits that are right there. It's the three habits of all successful millionaires. And all of the interviews are for free and live. You can also check it out on iTunes. And if you want to get, I actually have um, 
the five tools. Everybody loves tools, right? They're like, oh, what are the tools that millionaires use? So if you if you <laughs> one got of them is a spatula, but that's a whole other. <laughs> Food. Uh, no, five, if you go to five millionaire tools.com, that's the number five millionaire tools.com, you can get that too. So, as long as you're on the email list when we um, launch Hustlers again, which is coming out actually in just a few weeks, um, you'll be able to, to know all the cool details. Excellent. All right, Jamie. Well, thanks again. It was a blast. Um, I knew it would be, and I'm sure people have a ton of knowledge that they didn't have before they started listening. <laughs> now go take action on it, right? Do- knowledge Thanks. is one thing. Go take act, do something. <laughs> Thanks Excellent. so much, Ian. I really, really appreciate it. All right, Jamie. Thanks. I just knew that Jamie would be a wealth of knowledge. Let me give you a 30-second recap of what I think the top few takeaways are from this episode. Really what it comes down to is that successful people don't see roadblocks, but they see speed bumps along the way. They're just part of the route to success. One specific goal is the key. I love how she says, don't take one shot on each of 700 goals, but instead take 700 shots on one goal, which really comes back to focus. You cannot split your focus. When you have more than one company, when your focus is shifted between things, then guess what? You're choosing to split your time and you're not gonna be as successful. This show, remember, gets its direction from you, the listener. If there's someone who you think we should have as a guest, if there's a topic you'd love for me to cover, just send me an email personally at ian.altman at growmyrevenue.com. If you enjoyed this show, please share some love with Jamie on Twitter. We'll have her Twitter handle in the show notes. You'll find plenty of content on Twitter that never makes it to the show on my handle at growmyrevenue. If you want to further develop your skills or those of your team, check out our online learning center and bonus episodes that you can't find anywhere but on growmyrevenue.com. Have an amazing week, add value, and grow revenue in a way everyone can embrace, even your customer. Thank you for joining us each week for the Grow My Revenue Business Cast with Ian Altman. Unconventional strategies for selling, innovation, and leadership. Be sure to subscribe to our program on iTunes or Stitcher. Don't miss Ian's weekly newsletter and be a part of the conversation on growmyrevenue.com and via Twitter at growmyrevenue.com.